free is our favorite word, like free refills. At Morgan & Morgan, our <laughs> fee is free. You don't pay anything unless we win your case. Injured? Call Morgan & Morgan. Forthepeople.com. It's free! Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel. Nick Roush here with Adam Luckett to get you ready for the Cats and the Miami Redhawks kicking off Saturday night at Kroger Field, 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus and SEC Network Plus. If you don't want to deal with the streaming Luckett, just go to the Kroger. It looks like weather's going to be pretty nice. Uh, you know, might, might deal with a little... There's a scattered storm kind of hovering around, so we'll see what happens with that. So, which which um, just means it's going to stay cool. It's going to stay cool. You, it's going to be a rain dance. If you believe in rain dances, go out and do your little dance. Make sure it's not there. Or uh, just um, blame your, your local weatherman. Uh, I prefer the latter. Also, isn't rain dancing to get the rain to show up? I mean, who, who's to say, Nick? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, people do their thing, and who am I to judge? Uh, we are judgment free podcast unless we're talking about Scott Frost, Eli Drinkwitz, or Shane Beamer. Um, then we will judge the hell out of you and condemn you for being a horrible football coach. But like I said, we're not here to talk about those losers. We're here to talk about the Cats and the Red Hawks. Like it, it feels like this has been a long time coming, but showing up to the Kentucky football practice facility the last few days has really got the juices flowing. Uh, we were there Monday for Mark Stoops' press conference. We were there Tuesday, or I was there Tuesday night, and just talking to the guys, the the, the sense of urgency is there. You know, fall camp, it's, it's a long drag, not just for us in talking season, but also for them. You know, they, they want to get the show on the road. There's an excitement in the air, and I, I like them, I, I, I just can't wait to see some Kentucky football. Yeah, I think you get this almost every fall camp, just ready. They're just chomping at the bit to go play a real football game. And we're all chomping at the bit to go watch a real football game and everything that comes with that, right? So a lot of excitement this time of year. Everybody except Nebraska and a couple other teams are, you know, oh, no. All the preseason hype and expectations, um, everybody's at their ceiling right now. So we'll, And then it starts changing as we go week by week. So really just excited to see everything. Like excited to see Rich Gangarello offense, excited to see – what Will Levis looks like year two at Kentucky. Excited to see, like, Deion Walker. Like, we've heard all about Deion Walker. We have, really haven't got to see him play, see what he looks like, see what kind of this new makeshift secondary looks like. So, that, a lot of unknowns here. Excited to see what Barry and Brown could do with the ball in his hands. Um, get to see Dane Key after hearing about him, really, for, I mean, what is it? February started spring practice. I mean, it's been the Dane Key show for six months now. You know, so we finally get to see him playing a real game. So just a, there's a lot, uh, lot to be excited about here, and we'll, we'll find out a lot Saturday night at seven. It's 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 going to be a great time. We're going to preview the game, make some predictions 
for the Wildcats. Let you know some more about the Miami Redhawks from the MAC. But first, we should touch on the news from early on in the week. Uh, as expected, Chris Rodriguez not going to play on Saturday. Jordan Wright among those absences as well. Kentucky picks 17 captains, and three of them are probably out in game one with Kenneth Horsey banged up uh, from a preseason injury. Uh, look at – we got a lot of word salad from Mark Stoops on Monday. And I, I'm just curious, what, what, what do you make of the Hemmen and Holland that we received after we thought we'd get some clarity from the head football coach? Yeah, I'm not really surprised. Uh, I kind of thought that's what we would get because um, it seems to be a delicate situation, whatever they're dealing with here. Um, there's a lot of people involved, it seems like, at, with the university. It's not just a football decision. I don't think Mark Stoops is making the call on the suspensions here. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, that was my biggest takeaway is he was really – that you called it a suspension. Like th there was a lot of. I'm he fumbled to... over his words in there. Um, if I was the PR coach over at UK, I would have told him you need to have a plan statement for what you're going to say about it before you get asked. So you so you don't get caught off guard with a question. You just get out. You get out the message how you want to get it out. Right. Like you don't get asked the question. You just go ahead and get put it out there early. You know what I'm saying? Instead yeah, of instead what of instead of what we got. For, instead of waiting to be asked about it, instead of um, oh, I knew y'all were going to ask me about this, is like, well, duh, yeah. you know, that would have been that would that was the one surprise I would have that he didn't just go ahead and get that out of the way. Well, and if you have a carefully crafted statement too, then you can use precise words to backpedal and say, hey, it's out of my hands. I've got bosses, bosses. He eventually kind of, you know, fumbled his way around it, but I think he wants to make it clear that if he could. He would have these guys playing, but it's out of his hands. He cannot say what the matter is either. It's um, if you want to get into the legalese of it, there there's there's laws in place to protect student records. Uh, FERPA, it's the HIPAA of uh, academic records, if you will. It's the same reason why we never heard anything about the frat party fight last year because that was a matter being ha handled by the student code of conduct, and it was going to remain quiet. Their absences were going to be nothing less than just a, a summertime absence until police press charges uh, right before the season kicked off. So th that's why we're not getting anything. Uh, now it's just a matter of, well, we're going to find out when we find out, and it probably won't be until we get a new depth chart where, where things might look a little different. And like it, I wouldn't be surprised if, the depth chart went unchanged, and then they just showed up on a game day dressed in full uniform. Like I, at this point, nothing surprises me. But it, except if Mark Stoops were to somehow just say they're going to be at X amount of games, and that's where we're going to back. I, I don't think that's going to happen. We'll just find out one day that it, it's it's a go time for some of Kentucky's most valuable players. We're playing the waiting game here. We'll revisit this on Monday. I just don't know what more to say than that. Like, it's just it seems like a complicated issue. So, Chris Rodriguez is not going to play. Yep. Jordan Wright's not playing on Saturday. I'm going by Matt Jones's reporting, which has seemed pretty accurate so far. We can expect Jordan Wright back next week. And then Chris Rodriguez is either going to be back for Northern Illinois game on September 24th or the Ole Miss game on October 1st. And that's kind of where we're at right now. 
Uh, one thing Mark did was he kind of alluded to like multiple players being suspended, and then but then he said one will be come come back. I think he kind of, I think it it's two here. It's I think we think it's Wright and Rodriguez, um at least players of note that would that will be playing in the game. So and Wright's going to be back next week we think. Um, so I think it's really just it's Chris after after this week, but. Yeah, you just want to play in the waiting game. I don't really – I mean, I know it's frustrating to people, but, like, they're just – they can't play this week. So, yeah, it just is what it is. And then we, then we got to move on. But I do believe, like, once we get through this, Nick, it's just people aren't going to – Yeah. Like, Jordan Wright and Chris Rodriguez are going to have to answer this at draft time, like when they have their interviews, mm-hmm. when they go to the combine and all that, or when they're at the senior bowl. Um, but other than that, I think everybody will move on after this. It's just getting through this this little patch here. And that first patch is dealing with a Miami, Ohio team that Nick, when you look at on the offense, they have some stuff to scare you on offense, but defense, they're totally retooling. And it feels like on that end, it's a good matchup for a Kentucky offense. that has a lot of new parts. No, you're, you're certainly right. Um, and, and just to, to hit it a little bit more, because we did speak with Kavase smoke yesterday. He got the nod as, running back one, which could uh, come to surprise as many uh, for many of us who saw him maybe fourth or fifth in the pecking order yesterday. He was, he was asked about this opportunity and I, I don't know the way, the right way to put it, but he seemed a little put off that people were surprised that he's going to be running back. Number one, like that, that the coaches recognize that he made a you know like that he was like that he had to make a conscious effort to change his habits right like that that much was clear to everyone from the outside but i don't think that's the case for smoke so there's there's kind of a i don't know he's kind of a little like it it was very hard to describe but he was he was not uh very happy with a lot of the questions he's just ready to you know this is business as usual for him so i'm curious if we're going to see a pissed off smoke play well, like I, I just don't, I just don't know what we're going to get from this Cavassier smoke because he's been a boomer bust back and it's been a lot less boom and a lot more bust the last two years. Here's the thing with smoke. Like you just, he's not an efficiency back. Like he's just not, you're not going to get what you get from Rodriguez. He's not going to get you in a lot of second and five, second and four, second and threes. You're going to have some second and eights um, for him to be successful you have to have explosive plays. And we've seen a lot of really good backs in college fit his type of profile, but they can produce chunk plays. Um, with Smoke, that's just disappeared over the last two years, Nick. Um, and as a redshirt freshman in 2019, he showed some real pop as an explosive runner with seven rushes of 20-plus yards on 101 attempts. Over the last two years, he's gotten 128 total attempts and just has three rushes of 20-plus yards. Mm. Like, that's all it is with Smoke. It's that. Like, he's got to provide pop. If he can't provide you these chunk runs, you got to find somebody more efficient in there or somebody that can provide the chunk runs. Um, I think the combination Ramon Jefferson is appealing because he did both at San Houston State. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a success rate over 50%. He had an explosive run rate over 20%. Like, that is really, really good. Um, so, you know, those numbers are going to dip, obviously, at the, at the SEC level, but he can just provide a little more there, potentially. So that's why he was intriguing to me. Um, and so that's where – that's how you got to kind of manage manage that. 
Um, Smoke has had good moments, right? We've seen him. He played good against LSU last year. I thought he – best game of his career, I think, happened last year against South Carolina. Um, You know, we remember the touchdown run early. I thought he was really patient, ran behind his pads, um, and he gave Kentucky some good looks when Chris was dealing with fumble issues. And he had a run late to kind of ice the game – or set up the game to be iced by Chris Rodriguez at the end, um, where it was like a third and four. He he did a good job hiding behind his box, and he dove forward for a first down in a big spot. So we've, we've seen good moments from him. It's just the consistency and the durability we haven't seen. Um, but he's getting the first crack here, and I, I think it's a, an ode to him by the coaching staff for sticking around and sounding like he's had a good fall camp. He's been mm-hmm. available all of camp. Yep. Uh, but – I think it's going to be short leash. I mean, there's other guys they got in that room, and they right. they got to find the hot hand and ride the hot hand. Um, and I think that's what Scangarello is looking for. I um, mean, if you follow the 49ers at all, that's kind of their mo. They just they plug a guy in. There could be a leading rusher one week that's not a leading rusher the next week. Um, it's just they just kind of they're very uh, flexible in that regard. And I think that you're going to see a situation with Kentucky like that because. They've got three backs right now when you look at Jefferson, Smoke, and not not Lavelle Wright uh, and Jatama McClain that they feel like they can play winning football with. And so we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. And it starts Saturday. The uh, the thing, too, about having a short lease is it's not like a quarterback situation where uh, we've got a fun one brewing up in Michigan. But you, you can have a, a quick hook with backs. You, yeah, you, no doubt. Yeah, you, you can have a quick – I mean, they, they rotate regularly. This is nothing new. So, going to be fun to to watch. As you mentioned off the top, what the offense looks like, how much more outside zone are we going to get? Um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of mystery out there. There's some mystery with the offensive line. There's going to be a lot of tight ends. Uh, we're, we're chomping at the bit to, to see what a Rich Scangarello offense – looks like so we'll, we'll get our first taste on saturday even though they will keep it relatively vanilla that's that's how this works um but that's that's just like i said that, that that's how this works they're going to keep it vanilla but they should still be able to produce some points we'll get to that in just a moment but first look at, let's take a closer look at what the miami redhawks do and what they do well uh, there was a lot of transfer portal turnover this is you know, this is the, the kind of place where you expect a lot of portal turnover in the MAC. They did go to a bowl game. They won the Frisco Bowl over North Texas, uh, finished second in their division in the MAC, and picked to finish first this year with Blaine Gabbert's little bro playing quarterback for the Red Hawks. What more can you tell us about him, Luckett? Yeah, I think uh, first things first, like Miami, Ohio, their best, their biggest strength last year was their defense. They ranked in the top 50 nationally in points per drive allow. They ranked top 10 nationally in tackles for loss. It was a big havoc defense. And a lot of that havoc production is gone. Ivan Pace Jr. had like 130 tackles and 11 tackles for 13 tackles for loss as a Mike linebacker. He's up at Cincinnati this year. Cameron Butler is a player from Northern Kentucky. Um, I believe led them with like 14 tackles for loss. He's at Virginia right now. Lonnie Phelps is a kid from Cincinnati, led the team in sacks last year. He's playing for Kansas right now. And then you add in some older players they lost in the secondary, and it's just a lot to replace. And it's not only that, Nick. Um, they had two. They had a co-coordinator situation, a couple guys that had been there for a while. Those two guys left. They're at Ohio this year. 
calling the defense. So Bill Brecken, Brett Brechen, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He's been on staff in Miami for a long time, but this is going to be his first game calling plays as a defensive coordinator on Saturday. So you have to thank advantage Rich Gangarello here in just the, the matchup angle. You look at Miami, Ohio, um, they have some experience in the defensive line, but it's not like it's nothing for you to really get scared of. Linebacker is probably their two their two most productive players are at linebacker and Ryan McWood and Matthew Salopek. The latter had like 115 tackles last year. He's a tackling machine. But in the secondary, they're totally retooling. They've got a couple transfers they're throwing in the mix there. But they've got a lot of – the. it's like a 4-2-5 defense. Three, three of the five players new are going to be new. And the two starters are redshirt sophomores who have played a little bit but not a lot. And so when you match that up against an offense, and maybe like, this is a good matchup, I guess, for a young offense, right, for young receivers mm-hmm. to go against um, – for a defensive line and Miami is at least last year, we'll see if anything changes under this new play caller, but you have to think it won't. They kind of have a system. Um, they're going to take chances. They're going to send blitzes. Um, they want to create negative plays. So that should open opportunities for chunk plays. Um, last year against their three group of five FCS opponents, Will Levis had three pretty good games. Um, Chattanooga got a little rocky, uh, but he mm-hmm. made some big throws and he threw all over ULM. They throw over New Mexico State. Miami, Ohio is better than those teams. Um, but I think you're going to see potentially a huge game from Kentucky's quarterback. I, I would expect a big, big number put up by Levis on offense. And really the real interesting matchup is probably on the other side of the ball. If you want to touch on. Well, just quickly, though, I, I think that the big thing, like you mentioned, like it, a lot of turnover in the secondary, there, there's going to be some busted coverages and some big plays. Right, like that. Yeah, you would have to think, especially with big playmakers like Barry on Brown. You know, as much as we talk about the new guys too, Tavion Robinson, he's going to get a lot of targets. Well, and- yeah, I think this is important. Like Tavion has, like, he can take one seventy yards. Like he has that ability. He is. He can be a vertical weapon. Like he's not just fifteen side yards side. and in. Right. Yeah. It's not just you're just not. Like, anything above a dig, you're not getting from. Like, he can make some vertical plays in this passing game, and that's what really I'm excited to see. Um, I think he's getting lost in the shuffle a little bit here as the season gets closer, just because we're all excited about Danke and Barry and Brown, right? And, yeah. you know, you're forgetting about – this guy's probably, like, he's got a great chance to be, like, a third-round draft pick at receiver. Like, he's really good, and he's finally got a quarterback in uh, a scheme that's going to be tailor-made to his skill set. Like, I think for him, it's going to be exciting to see how they, you know, create touches for him. And he's going to be kind of the go-to guy, I think, when the law offense maybe labors a little bit. Well, and and that was the the point when we were speaking with him yesterday. Uh, he knows what he can do and do well. And he also knows that he's not Wondell Robinson, but he doesn't want to be Wondell Robinson. Like, there's a the, – we're going to get those comps that – I mean, they got the same last name for crying out loud. They're playing the same position. Same, They're both yeah, power five transfers. It's very strengths. simple, very simple for us to make those easy. You know, it, And that's how we – like, whenever we talk basketball, too, like a new recruit, you want to compare him to some other Calipari recruit because that's just what – it's 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 easy for our brains to consume. But Robinson's a different player. Like you said, he's more vertical uh, than Wandale. I, I, he's not going to get as many targets, but he can he can produce 
as many big plays as Mr. Robinson, as the previous Mr. Robinson. And he catches everything. Um, his drop pass rate was one of the best in the country last year. Um, this is a guy who's going to catch everything they throw to him. So that that's exciting as well. And that's going to lead, I think, Levis to even be even more comfortable with him. Um, so he uh, tight ends and the other the young receivers have kind of got all the storm, but I, or the, all right, the shine. Right. But I'm very interested to see him, especially against um, a make or a new new look secondary like this. And I think people are going to see what right away. Like this is not necessarily I don't like the way Miami Ohio well, the way I think they're going to play Kentucky is not the way you want to play this team um, because they're going to they're going to take chances and stunt. But if Kentucky's going to be able to get in 12 personnel, keep a tight end or two in the block, absorb some big pressures, um, and then they're going to be able to hit big plays with Levis at quarterback. So I mean, so I project that to happen, but you need to see it to happen first with well, the offensive line. That's where that question comes in. And then the other part is Levis's accuracy downfield too. Like yeah, if there, there was one big thing that he needed to work on offseason, it was that. Uh, that so. footwork. And it's all tied to footwork, right? Like – He's talked about that. That's that's what you want to see because that I think that's been a huge point for him. He knows he's got to improve that, and mm-hmm. so we'll see how it shakes it's, out. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Could end up being a big day for the offense despite all of the uncertainties. When we go to the other side of the ball, look, it, it looks like Miami's a team that is going to want to air it out a lot and should test this secondary. One that – a secondary that needs it. They, they need a good test, and that's um, – that, that's – that's what Mark Stoops, he, he's been bullish on this, the improvements from the secondary. Uh, but he also, he, he wants them to go out and earn it on day one, doesn't want anything to be given to him. And, and they're going to gonna be challenged. Yeah. Um, dig into Miami, Ohio, they had a very close to 50-50 run pass split. And they probably should have leaned a lot more into the pass last year. Um, their passing game was pretty good. Now, the only thing is not super efficient. Like Gabbert had – completion rate at like 58, 59%. I mean, he's hovering around that for his career. But most of that is due is they just take big swings. I mean, they're looking for big plays. They're big play hunters on offense. So, they like, this is a team like – like, they're okay with – if they play a 12-possession game, they're probably cool with two, three and outs if it means they're hitting a bunch of plays over your head. Um, so, they're, they are hunting for that. It's – you know, it's going to be like a very RPO-heavy offense with looking for big plays over the top. They'll throw it over the middle. They trust Gabbert to make good plays. And their offensive line has been solid, specifically in pass protection. You know, and it's really experienced. I think combined they have 60-plus starts returning on the offensive line. That's decent. Yeah, so, so they're, they're, going to be, they're going to be able to challenge Kentucky with their offensive line. So it's really seeing the secondary against this receiver core. Um, this receiver core is good, Nick. Like, Mac Hippenhammer is a Penn State transfer. He's a super senior. Like he's a, He'll be in an NFL camp in nine months. Like, he's a good player. He's a little bit smaller, but he's got vertical speed, and he can ch- He can get behind the defense. Um, Miles Marshall was a transfer from Indiana. They got in. Um, like, your prototypical six-foot-four boundary ex-receiver. He's made plays in his career at Indiana. Like, he's going to be able to make plays. He's a solid receiver. They've got a slot receiver, Jalen Walker, who's, I think, another super senior. He's played a ton of football. And so, like, Gabbard's got – he lost his best weapon, Jack Sorensen. But they've got a lot of guys there um, waiting in the wings. And there's weapons for him to use. 
on the ground. They're uh, they've got a lot of running backs. They've got good depth there, um, but they're not like gonna scare you with their running attack. It's more so to just keep it balanced. Um, but but the passing game is real like it's worrisome um, for Kentucky. Specifically, you spoke you spoke busted coverages on the other end. You got to worry about that on Kentucky for their end. Yeah. The way Kentucky wants to play in the heavy zone, and you have like. Yusuf Corker's not there anymore on the back. Right. And that I was mean, the point I wanted to make was like Jalen Geiger's got experience, but like this I is had, a new position. I had little worries with Corker. I mean, nine times out of ten, they were going to be in the right spot because he was going to make sure if he didn't, he was going to fight somebody on the field. I mean, we saw him and DeAndre Square throw people around last year. Um, Square's still there. He, he's going to get the front seven aligned. And I don't have any – I know they're going to be ready and in the right spots. But in that secondary, you have to, you know, is Geiger, can he be that guy? Mm-hmm. Um, Asian's seen everything. You, you got to bank on those two veterans at safety, making sure everybody's where they need to be. But that, like, that's a concern, I think, well, to me. The one thing, though, look, it is Mark Stoops' defense, what they always do best is take away the big play. So you know that's going to be a point of emphasis going into this week. Where Absolutely. I really – where I worry about it is from a gambling standpoint, right? Because that number's down to 16. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love it. Uh, we, we mentioned it on the football podcast, but, uh, like that's a seven point difference in the SP plus projection. Yeah. That's like a, a play that I would make, even if it wasn't Kentucky. But what I worry about is Miami's not going to start throwing when Jordan Lovett gets in the game and he's, you know, late in the second half and he's just playing overly aggressive and they catch yeah. him once, you know, We've like seen that, that. Yeah. When Mark Stoops put the twos in, they they give up those touchdowns late. Yeah, that that's where I really I really worry about the backdoor cover. uh, Well, that's why if you're asking Adam, what's your angle here? That's why individual team totals are nice. Like you, like I'm looking at that Kentucky team total. Um, The projected score is 35 19 with how the spread is right now, around 16 and a total of 54. That Kentucky team total is looking juicy to me. You just look at. Miami, Ohio, like they're gonna have, they're gonna get Kentucky in some negative plays and whatnot, but Kentucky's gonna be able to hit big plays on them. Which, so that should lead to a, a big night. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, even if Kentucky starts slow, I could really see them kind of pile it on later in the game, especially as they start to wear them out a little bit. But so, but they are gonna be challenged at certain points, and you know, but it's interesting because you just haven't seen it. You think they're gonna be good, but you need to see it. And so that's the interesting matchup. It's kind of a strength on strength um, with Miami's Ohio and Kentucky's defense. But you really the, the separator in this game really needs to be Kentucky's offense against Miami Ohio's yeah, defense. Yeah. That's where the large margin seems like on paper to me. But Kentucky's very young um, at certain spots, so you need to see them. Like, how does Jagger Burton and David Wallabaugh Jr. hold up together at left guard? Left tackle. Can Jeremy Flax not be a turnstile on pass protection? Right. Right. All of, all, all, everything that goes with that. They can they get any of? I know they're going to get chunk plays on the ground Saturday. Like they're going to bust a wide zone for thirty-five yards. Can they get efficiency? Can they? Can the back find something? Can they just make the simple cutback to give them six yards on a second and eight? Stuff like that to stay ahead of the chain, to extend drives because that efficiency last year was why UK was so good. Third down conversion rate and red zone touchdown rate. It's because they had manageable situations to deal with. It was a lot of third and shorts. Um, they were staying ahead of chains in the red zone. So it was a lot of third and goals from the two, you know. Um, right, right. 
so that that is uh that that's one thing to watch for if if Kentucky loses that efficiency they really need that big play pop to pick them up and this would be a great game this is going to be a great barometer for that because there's there's a lot of signs there saying Miami is very susceptible to the big play with how they're going to take chances and with all that new all the new faces they have in the secondary it should lead to some explosive plays for Kentucky Speaking of explosive, we got to get to an explosive segment. Brought to our friends at my bookie. We're talking totals, a couple other different ways to play. You can't play in the state of Kentucky, though, unless you're playing with my bookie. Promo code KSR is how you're going to get a bonus this fall. It's quick and easy. $250 deposit puts $500 in your account. That's right. They're going to double your initial deposit up to $200. And $50 this fall when you play with my bookie, whether you're playing college football this weekend, we've got 16 games on Thursday. Nine of them are going to be on TV. There's some really tempting, tantalizing games on Friday and a full slate Saturday. We also got games Sunday and Monday. And you know what? You can roll that into the Bills Rams NFL kickoff a week from Thursday. You can play it all with our friends at my bookie. Just put in the promo code KSR when you sign up. You'll claim a, a bonus. They'll double your deposit up to $250. Going to add more excitement to the game and sports you love this fall. You can bet on team win totals. You can predict the Super Bowl winner. Use the MyBookie prop builder and secure the bag with MyBookie. Look at you brought all up. The basketball ben- hey, all the basketball bennies come at me for this take, but like this is my – favorite weekend of the year college football from thursday through monday night thursday friday saturday you get like legit slates too like after this week the thursday and friday they usually stink like college wise it's not very great Mm -hmm. but you get it all weekend here and you get this the sunday night labor the sunday night labor day eve game is just chef's kiss with lsu florida state it is the perfect matchup it's the perfect matchup and then you get spend uh, the day at the pool. Put, you're a little sunburnt. You've had you know some beers, well, and then you get you like get brought back to life once you see the Superdome yeah. uh, full of crazy Tiger fans. It's perfect. Put the TV on the patio. Go out and get your cigar. Get some brown water. Mm-hmm. Maybe order pizza or whatever food you want, or cook some steaks on the grill. I mean, it's it, this is it. This is it. The one thing bad thing about living in Kentucky is we don't get the um, the full. Like my father-in-law in Florida, he's he gets to watch games on his patio in like late November, early yeah, December. Right, right. We don't get to do that, so like they, we have to take advantage early. This is a prime time window here. Um, Sunday night, you get LSU, Florida State. It's just going to be beautiful, probably sloppy football. And <laughs> with my bookie, pick three is here. We'll be back on Thursday with Mister yep. Drew Franklin joining us. Combined four and two last week. So a good first weekend, week zero, and we're I, I I think I have my picks already locked in there, Nick. But I know you're got, still crushing I, I, the numbers. I've got too many, um, so getting it down. To well, I've got a lot of picks, but I got three. I feel pretty good great about. about. Good. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll have those for you on Thursday because my favorite my favorite pick of the weekend is Thursday night. I'm just we're we're, we're hammering Purdue, hammer down, boiler up. Um, but I, I want to get your thoughts on uh, 
this Saturday's game. I've created my own over-unders, and I'm also using one of the over-unders. You touched on it earlier, the Kentucky team total, 34.5 points. Yeah, give me that over. Okay, all right. I love the confidence there. I felt like this was going to be a 40-point game despite the uncertainties with the offense. Um, But It's just when you dig into it, it's just a really good matchup for Kentucky because of all the turnover Miami's dealing with. And the st- I, now some projection is going into this the way I think they're going to play, uh, but it's a real. It just sets up really well. I think Will Levis is going to have a big day, and Will Levis' big day equals points on the scoreboard. Well, and then that gets me to the number. I was struggling on where would be a good line to draw because he did have a huge game in that opener for I think it was like three. Uh, actually, I haven't pulled up right now. Three hundred sixty-seven yards in the opener, but he did only eclipse three hundred one more time New the rest State. of the year. New Mexico State, he had four nineteen over under passing yards two ninety-five. Like it over. I think it's like he could get to three fifty. Pretty wow. easily. Wow. Go ahead, folks. Just uh just drink, just take a pour this podcast in a cup and take a big swig of it right now. Just drink it all like, the offense. It's it's gonna work well, it's gonna be very much a like if you believe in Will Levis, you're gonna be like, see, see what he did. And then if you're <laughs> fade Will Levis, you're gonna be like, Well, he's done this, like let's see him do it against the SEC team because then they'll pull up the SEC stat. Right. Um, right. But that's exact I think we're gonna see a big game from number seven. Okay. So all yeah, right. I'm all I'm for Kentucky to get to the points, I think it's gotta have Levis gotta throw the ball around the yard a little bit. So I think we'll see that. Well, th- that's where these the next three numbers I have are going to get a little bit more interesting. Uh, Tavion Robinson over under five and a half receptions. Over. Might get there in the first half. Where where would you set the line that would be interesting? What seven, seven and a half? Seven. Seven. So just hard hard seven. Hmm. Seven feels like the number here. Well, 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 okay, okay. That so, well, Adam Lucas is going to go ahead and predict seven receptions for Tavion Robinson, folks. You heard it here. Heard it here. Seven first. for ninety-eight. Seven for ninety-eight and a touchdown. <laughs> this is great. I would just. Hey, why do you even watch the game? You just listen to me, and then you just you just leave. It's like a Vicky Valencorn <laughs> off Waterboy. Well, that's a that's an interesting score prediction. How'd you come up with that? It's not a prediction. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Oh, well, here, here's one that I, I, I do. I'm not sure what to think. Tight end receptions, five and a half. Yeah. Five and a half. Will we go over? Well, a lot of this is just, I just think they're going to throw the ball a lot. And so I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit. Okay. I get the, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say over. Okay. Okay, I just we're we're hitting a lot of overs today. This is this is going to be a fun I mean, I hate, I don't like this because I am a I love a good under bet. I love sweating me out and under. Um, I'm thinking of just I don't even care, but like the Rutgers Boston College one is in the 40s. Like, why not sweat that out at noon? Why not sweat <laughs> out that under? I love me a good, especially when the cold weather football kicks in. Those are my favorite bets of the year. That's Big Ten under 44 and 38 degree weather with 10 mile an hour winds. Oh man! Well, this one I, I am going under. Hundred yard rushers, half. I just I don't I don't know if Kentucky's going to have a hundred yard rusher. Yeah, on I'm Saturday. under there with you. I, I, think, I think they're uh, going to they could have a solid day on the ground, but I, I think it's split carries. So you don't see that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that. 
I think Nick, I got one. This could be a little. There's a couple big plays, you know. Highest rush of the game comes from a wide receiver. Biggest rush play. Like either a Barry Brown or Tavian Robinson. No, I think they're going to pad the stats as a push pass. So I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say the longest run comes from a running back. Yeah. Because the push pass is a great way to pad stats and efficiency and all that stuff. I like those. Yeah, I just think um, with some of that wide zone stuff, they could boot a little reverse off of it once they get them flowing. And then you get either Barron or Tavian out on the edge against this team. It's um, It could be trouble for the other side. Uh, one more, because we know Miami is going to be passing a decent amount. And this is a point of emphasis for the Kentucky defense. Sacks. Kentucky defense sacks three and a half. Over mm-hmm. or under? Under. I just think this offensive line is solid, and Gabbard does a pretty good job of getting the ball out. He didn't take a lot of sacks last year. Um, so I think he's going to – they know – they've they've been reading KentuckySportsRadio.com. They know what kind of camp Kentucky's defensive line has had. Um, they're going to make sure they get it out. Um, so no sacks. Um, the thing I'm big on is, like, I think we're going to see some ball production. I think we're going to see interceptions and pass breakups. I think we're going to see Kentucky get their hands on the ball. Um, when Gabbard does throw it, but I think he's going to get rid of it. So I would say under three and a half sacks. I would even go under three. So is, is are are you satisfied though if they only have two? Right, like is it still like a fine day if they're just Depends. getting like in passing lanes sort of deal? What's the, yeah, what's the pressure rate? How many QB yeah. hurries are they getting? Are they you know gotcha. influencing the pocket? All that. Well, look, at, I'm gonna we're gonna take a brief break when we come back. Uh, NFL cuts were over the week, and may- maybe we'll touch on a little college football in general. Don't go anywhere. We are back and better than ever, and Adam Luckett has you covered this Saturday. He's already told you what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Vicki Valancourt just knows what the hell uh, she's talking about. So, Luckett, we-, we also need some more numbers, too, to be the best educated Kentucky football fans possible. What you got for us? Yeah, I've got some nuggets here on Miami, Ohio, Nick. Um, under Chuck Martin, it's his ninth year. They've done a lot of good things. They've won a MAC title. They were a win on Thanksgiving weekend last year away from playing for another MAC title. Um, they're one of the favorites to win the MAC this year. But when they've played Power Five teams, it hasn't gone too well. Now, I threw Cincinnati into this because they play Cincinnati every year. That's a robbery. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati might as well be a Power Five team. Um, right. They will be here soon. Um, under Martin, they are 0-16 against Power Five teams in Cincinnati. 0-16 straight up. They are 8-8 against the spread, um, but that number is just 1-4 against the spread against ranked teams. They've, they've failed to cover four games in a row against ranked teams. Kentucky hasn't been great in season openers. One and six against the spread in the last seven under Stoops. But the, in a recent form, they're six, three, and one ATS in their last 10 ball games. Um, so if you're looking for hmm. reasons to make a play on Saturday or not, may, just maybe throw that into your algorithm. Do you hmm. remember? So just keep that, just chew on that for a little bit. I'm maybe. chewing. Remember the Dow Twins, class of 2015, committed to Kentucky, or I don't know if they were committed or they flipped to Michigan State. Were they uh, from St. Edward, too? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember those guys. Their little brother also went to Michigan State, but he just transferred to Miami, Ohio. He could be Hmm. a starting safety on Saturday for the Red Hawks. Oh, that's a fun fact. So that's a blast from the past. 
I also saw that Marty Moore's a kid who Mason next. Yeah. A lot of Kentucky natives on this Miami, Ohio team. There's a few that could be, that are going to be starting. Um, Eli Blakely, it's a red shirt freshman out of manual. He's contending for one of those safety spots there with, with Dow. Sam Vaughn, a redshirt junior tackle out of Lexington Catholic, started every game for them last year. He's going to be starting. Um, ben Jackson's another redshirt junior on the offensive line. He's out of George Rogers Clark. He's kind of their third tackle, swing tackle. He will play. Um, so he's going to be in the rotation. Jack Coldiron is their starting tight end, redshirt junior out of Covington Catholic. So they recruit the, the state of Kentucky a lot. Mason Moore is a true freshman defensive back on the team. Um, Joseph Humphreys uh, was quarterback at Davis County, Davis County last year, Nick. Oh, people love that kid. Yeah, posted all kinds of ridiculous numbers. Had 65 mm-hmm. total touchdowns, took his team all the way, believe, to the quarterfinals of the state playoffs where they lost to the reigning state champions, um, Louisville St. X Tigers. Um, but he's their quarterback, and he might emerge as their backup at one point this season. Um, and then, obviously, more, more kids. So, recruit – recruit the, the bluegrass state a lot. So you're going to see some familiar faces. I believe Mark story has a story up on, mm-hmm. on Marty Moore and his son and about Mar- how Marty's not cheering for Kentucky this week. Mark story, having a story is kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, the point yeah. itself. He, he did. Uh, he, he did speak to Marty Moore. Who's never thought he'd wear red at Kroger field, but Hey. And then my last one here, they have a van wilder. Ryan McWood is a seventh year senior linebacker. So seventh year in college. He's had a couple injuries plus COVID year. He's played a lot of football. He was in the same class as Luke Fortner. Like if Luke would have had an injury, came back, this would have been a seventh year. So let's pull up Mm. Kentucky's recruiting and read off some of the players that were in Ryan McWood's recruiting class. This would have been 2017? I believe – no, 2016. 2016, yeesh. So, Landon Young, (laughs) Drake Jackson, Cash Daniel. Um, Let's see here. Let's see. Gunner Hoke. Gunner Hoke. Benny Snell. Benny Snell's recruiting class. Benny Snell's entering his third year in the NFL. Mm -hmm. TJ Carter. That Boogie Watson. Those Those were some of the guys here. Grant McKinnis was an SEC punter, felt like for a decade at Kentucky, Missouri, and he's now out of eligibility, but. Guy Ryan McWood is still holding it down up there in Oxford, and I'm sure um, he's had a good time in college. Miami, Ohio, so it's, Nick, you yeah. can speak to their campus. It seems like a pretty fun school. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big Greek campus as well, very old school. Um, they also have a, a, a deal where even if you aren't a, a Greek student, they even have, like, houses that – like this house is the volleyball house, this house, and they kind of pass them down through, you know, whether you're an organization or yeah. uh, you're, you're in a different athletic club. Like it's very much a, it's very old school in that regard where it's like, this is the way things work and we're just going to keep doing them. They have their big green beer day. They have their, yeah. their, their, uh, their uptown area. Uh, the so- one time I partied there, uh, Gordon Hayward randomly, showed up when he was with the Celtics fresh out of well wow. no no he was with the Jazz at the time yes. he was fresh yeah. out of Butler um so yeah it was uh it's it's a it's a it's a big party place some about those south and southeastern Ohio schools like Miami Ohio Ohio, Ohio 
Dayton. Everybody that goes there loves them and says they're so much fun to go to go to school there. Um, It's kind of like, you know, you get this small college town feel, um, but Mm -hmm. it's not like none of them are like super far from Cincinnati. Right. Like you can get to the big city and all those in a half hour. Um, Well, big city, Cincinnati, but uh, uh, right. But you can get the big city amenities, you know, you you can take a day or a weekend or whatever to go party there. Um, But uh, it's a, it, it, it's also one of those two where, they they have us like so there's a strong like I, I have a feeling we'll get a decent amount of Miami fans traveling like they yeah, have a no strong doubt. football fan base just like uh Dayton has a really strong basketball fan base you know like it it's that, the most storied it, program in the MAC they have won um the most MAC titles they have the most wins they have the most conference wins they have the most bowl wins like it is the historically it is the program in the MAC and history could be made on Saturday where I know we're m- making a bigger deal about breaking the Bear Bryant win mark, but just to tie it, it's still um, Mark Stoops isn't one to self-reflect on it. But if you do look back on like, it is pretty nuts that we're in the midst of watching a dude just break Bear Bryant records, you know, like I grow growing up at the time that we did, we saw some successful Kentucky football runs, but that's you just thought that that was the peak, right? You thought seven wins was the peak. Maybe you get ranked for a little while. Maybe you go to to a hum ho bowl game. But now it's hell. We we had our entire twelve KS, person KSR crew pick the season, and no, nobody picked worse than nine wins. I mean, it is a it is a fun time to be a Kentucky football fan, and I, I hope everybody is enjoying it, is is reveling in it because it does not. This this is very rare. Uh, for Kentucky football fans. Yeah, I mean, Mark Stoops, I think, deserves every recognition, honor, whatever you want to give him. He's been, like, this is, like, if he stays here, it's going to be his program, right? Like, like <laughs> Frank Beamer is at Virginia Tech, um, and, like, others are like that. Like, Mike Gundy will be at Oklahoma State. But I think it's confirmation, too, just for people like us. There is a, you know, not a huge fraction, but a, a faction, but a, a significant one that believed it could happen, that followed college football closely and saw other programs have success um, and believed Kentucky could do it. Like they had the resources to do it. Um, the university uh, finally committed. I mean, we can talk about that in the past, how they, you know, things, I'm not going to get into that here, but they committed and you got a coach and you invested in him and you're seeing what, ha- like you're seeing what's happening. It can happen here. It can happen here. Like, I don't think this has to be a flash in the pan. It can happen here for a long time. You know, you have to make smart, good hires just like anybody else. Um, you can't overreact to things. You have to see the long game, but it, it, it can happen here. And, like, we're entering a run where Kentucky set up – they built – their roster building has been good enough, Nick, where if they just hit at quarterback and if they have a difference maker at quarterback, they can contend or win in the SEC East division as long as – a team in their division is not a national championship caliber team. And if Georgia takes a step back, potentially that can happen, you know, and I think you're entering a year that you're hoping Will Levis is that, and you're hoping Georgia takes a little bit of step back. Kentucky can be a, they can have seasons ranked in the top 25 and it doesn't have to be one every 25 years. They can do that consistently throughout a decade. And I think you're just seeing that play out. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, my, my brother told me this the other day when, um, the uh, all the Snoop stuff was going on, and like he was like, 
you're being a Kentucky football fan before being a Kentucky football fan was cool. Now it's cool to be a Kentucky football fan, and that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Oh man, I uh, I'm excited to get things kicked off this weekend. You know, we're we're gonna have a ton of games to watch elsewhere. But, but the real show is at Kroger Field, right? You know, yeah. I, I'll turn on college football final when we get home about 2 a.m. And, and get my recaps of, you know, Oregon and Georgia or whatever. You know, like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to play catch up elsewhere. Um, but the, the, the real show yeah. is Saturday night at the Kroger. Who is going to make us laugh while we're in the press box or on the drive home? Like, what, what team falls in their face? That's really what I'm looking forward to the most. Hopefully, it's not Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky I really take care of this. I really want it to be Louisville. I mean, yeah, is like Live Dog Dino, Live Dog Dino. I mean, that would be a joy. Shane Beamer, that yeah. would be a lot of fun too. Vegas um, is. I just keep telling people this. Vegas is daring you to take. Just they're just wanting you to take Louisville. Just take Louisville. It's cheap price. Cheap price on the road. They've smothered Syracuse every matchup. But when you dig into it, Nick. This is Syracuse's first time hosting Louisville since 2018. They have played three games in a row at Cardinal Stadium in that series. That's bizarre. It's because of the COVID thing. The ACC, mm-hmm. they got rid of divisions that one year, added Notre Dame, and they didn't alternate schedules after that. So it kind of, you know, it got wonky there. Syracuse gets them in the dome. They get them early. You dig into Syracuse, they've got a solid offensive line. They got an offensive coordinator from Virginia – Lowell had no idea how to defend them last year. You know, and their defense, they run that 3-3-5 defense that can be a pain in the ass to deal with. And, they're, <laughs> you know, they're healthy. Right. So, that is the one I, I – obviously, I'm looking at – I think Georgia – like, what is South Carolina they, – like, they're a lot like Kentucky. Um, that They just got – they have a lot of new parts on offense. And, like, I just think you have more faith in Kentucky's offense coordinator than what South Carolina has. So that one, that one is interesting. And there's, there's always going to be one that comes out of nowhere that surprises us. So I'm just – I'm excited to see what that yeah. is. Looking forward to it, man. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Uh, play along with us by using my bookie promo code KSR. Double your deposit up to $250 when you play. We appreciate you all tuning in in 11 personnel. We'll be back every single Wednesday. Wednesday is our new day throughout Kentucky football season. We'll be looking ahead to – the next opponent, the KSR Football Podcast, will be a Monday. You can hear Freddie on Sundays. And then uh, a, a little pick three, sharing some picks on your Thursday afternoon. So we'll have it all on Apple Podcasts, also on YouTube, all over the place where you can find us. Make sure you're subscribed. And can't wait to see y'all Saturday. Feels good to have football back. We're all the Feels way back. back. Yeah, we're, we're all the way back. <sighs> I cannot wait. Enjoy this weekend, everybody. It's going to be fun. Go Cats and go Kroger.